Welcome back to the I'm Not Perfect podcast, a podcast to help you improve your mental health and aid in your personal development. Y'all, thanks for joining me today. I have a special guest on the show. This guy is a true hustler and go-getter. I am talking about Trenton Hudson. Trenton does stand-up comedy and produces cartoons. He's worked with Comedy Central, Showtime, and Kevin Hart's LOL Network. Trent is also an entrepreneur. He owns a coffee company called Korma that makes a healthy coffee alternative from date seeds. Now, I've brought Trent on the show to share his story about how he was able to prevail after having a heart attack at just the age of 20. We're going to talk about how this affected his mental health and how he uses comedy as a way to cope and continue to elevate in life. Trend, what's up? Welcome to the show. How you doing? Thank you for having me. Thank you for that intro. That's an intro. I, I got to record that and use that for like future <laughs> podcasts. And anytime I show up somewhere, like, yo, give me pre pre new what was up. <laughs> Listen, you by all means use it. <laughs> Seriously, but no, I'm so glad to have you here, Trenton. So on the I'm Not Perfect podcast, every guest that comes on the show, I do ask my three guest warm-up questions. Are you ready? Are you ready? Lay them on me. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So my first question for you today is, how do you define happiness? It's hard to define because I think it's a state of mind and it's not like... So I consider myself a happy person, right? And that is constant no matter how good or bad my day is going. Like I might not be very happy some days but mm -hmm. I feel you know like I'm happy on those days so it's it's hard to define but I think it's just you know a state of mind where you are this is what it is for me I, I don't want to give a definition for everyone but for me yeah happiness to me is when I'm connected to myself when I'm connected to the universe to nature to things that are bigger mm. and not you know trapped in this kind of fake world that we created you know and you can still be in it but not you know not too far removed from what's real, you know? Yeah, I understand. So happiness is something that comes internally. And it's got to be constant. You got to get to a point where it's constant. So even, like I said, bad day, still happy. Absolutely. So my second question for you is, what's your view on perfection? For me, it's like it's something we can't attain, but we should chase it anyway. And I think, you know, there's a lot of different perspectives and people say, you know, this that and the third about whatever they like don't chase perfection you're never going to reach it or whatever and i think it's okay to chase things you're never going to reach like if your goal if you have a lofty goal if you shoot for it and miss you're still pretty high up in that rare air you know what i mean like if you're aiming for the moon mm -hmm. and you miss you still got off the ground at least right so absolutely i think perfection is just something to it's it's like an imaginary thing to chase <laughs> Okay. Okay. I get it. And so my last question for you, for my guest warm up questions is what's the best advice you've been given in life? When I was a freshman in college, one of the very first classes I took first semester, I had this guy come in and he worked in advertising and marketing and two pieces of advice. He said, think backwards. So think about your destination first. So whatever your goal is, think about that. And then you can figure out how to get there, right? It's like doing a maze backwards. So you got to know where you're going. So you can think backwards, think about the destination and work your way back. And then overwhelm yourself. What do you mean by that? Over Overwhelm yourself, take on more projects. Not like too much more than you can handle, but take on enough to where 
it builds resilience. So when you overwhelm yourself, when you dig yourself out of that, it's really good for you in a lot of ways because, sorry, it shows you your capabilities. It strengthens your, uh, your mind because you know, oh, damn, I went through this. I can go through something even stronger than that because now that I made it through that, it wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. <clears throat> so if you overwhelm yourself, you come through that, you come out better, you come out stronger. And that works for a lot of different avenues in life. I like that because sometimes we can downplay our capabilities. And so if we overwhelm ourselves and put additional work on ourselves that we didn't think we could actually achieve and accomplish, and then we do it, that can be a great way to boost our confidence. And it's like, okay. And then you just like turn around one day and you're like, damn, look at all that. Look at everything I went through. <laughs> <laughs> and I did that. <laughs> Okay, well, listen, I'm excited to kick off today's discussion. Now, I know that at the age of 20, you you had a heart attack. And when I think about that, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, that's so young, <laughs> you know? Wild, right? And it, it is. And so tell me about what happened that day. Like, were there any symptoms or signs that led you to believe that you were having a heart attack like what was that experience like yeah so whenever you kind of watch on someone have a heart attack on tv someone who actually like kind of knows how to play the role and you like mm -hmm. oh damn these are the symptoms of having a heart attack like your right arm you have pain and then like pressure and heat in your chest and i'm 20 years old so i'm like i'm you know you wake up with like pain in your arm. I thought I slept on it wrong. I got up and walked it off. Mm, yeah. And it came back after I laid back down. Then, you know, I'm kind of like, these are the symptoms of a heart attack. But surely I'm, I'm not having a heart attack. Like it's not very painful for real. And I'm only 20 years old and I've never had any kind of history of anything like this. So mm. I almost didn't go to the hospital. But <laughs> something in me was just telling me like, you need to go to the hospital because this. Yeah. It, it Like I said, it wasn't super painful, but your body kind of has a way of knowing like, okay, something is really off here. So we need to go get this looked at. So it took me a while to go. And then I sat in the emergency room for like two hours in the waiting room. Cause they also didn't think this 20 year old with chest pain is having a heart Two hours. Oh my God. That's a so, minute. So they admit me, run all these tests, stick a little camera inside my artery in my leg and run up and look inside my heart. And they're like, yeah, you're having a heart attack. And wow. so basically what caused it was, I have two aneurysms in my LAD, and your LAD gives blood to the bottom left side of your heart. So that quadrant of your heart mm -hmm. gets blood supplied by the LAD. The two aneurysms, um, one of them closed up. And if you don't know, because I didn't know until it happened to me, but an aneurysm is when your artery wall gets weak and it'll expand like a balloon, and the blood won't okay. flow straight through there. It'll kind of tumble and clot. So that's what caused the heart attack. And that was a really wild experience because when you're 20 years old and you're forced to contemplate mortality and you're like damn I could I don't know what's going to happen I might die I don't know what's if I'm right. leaving this hospital right and and that's what I'm curious to know because I know that you had a heart attack at 20 but then you also had another heart attack at 21 <laughs> yeah, yeah yeah so so remember I'm just wondering first yeah. heart attack aneurysm number one closed up second heart attack aneurysm number two closed up so here's the amazing part. This is the best part of the story. This is, this is what really blew my mind. So bottom half of my LAD, one of the main arteries in your heart, mine has no blood flowing through it. 
They literally call the LAD the widow maker because if you have a heart attack in that part of your heart, you're typically a goner. So mm. before I had my first heart attack, there was already my heart, you know, detected inadequate blood flow flowing through my LAD. So my heart literally developed new arteries around my LAD oh, to man. get blood to that part of my heart. So now my LAD, no blood flowing through it. The feeder arteries, the new arteries, completely normal blood flow, completely normal heart function. Um, I work out, play basketball, do all these things. Like I have no issues. The only thing is like uh, caffeine gives me a little chest pain because caffeine constricts your arteries. But aside yeah. from that, like last time I saw my cardiologist, we did every test in the book. We did ultrasound. We did 3D imaging. We did treadmill tests, bike tests, everything. And everything came back amazing. So whatever, you know, the reason is that... I got spared and didn't have to deal with anything, any serious long-term consequences after having two heart attacks in a location in your heart that's literally called the Widowmaker because it kills everybody. And wow. so I got super, super lucky. A blessing. Like, talk about a walking blessing. Seriously, that's that's amazing. I'll just be honest. Someone like me, if I had not only one, but two heart attacks... I'd be afraid that it would happen again. So I just want to hear from you. What impact did having a heart attack have on your mental health? It it changes your perspective on you realize what's important because whenever you have to live your life, like this could all be taken away. So I, I tell yeah. people like 10 seconds from now, you could literally faint and wake up in a hospital and a doctor tells you you have leukemia. Like we all live with that reality, right? So now I try to live like that every day. I try to, you know, stay hustling, keep moving, do things. Um, I have things I want to accomplish. And it's funny you say that, like, you'd be worried about it happening again. And for a while I did. But then I think, I don't, I don't know if you just get to a point where you just don't worry about it anymore or yeah. <clears throat> you've, Maybe it's, you know, the more time goes by, the more confident you feel because nothing happens. Um, maybe it was the fact that I had two aneurysms and they each closed up and I had two heart attacks and I feel like I should be good now after that. Mm -hmm. Maybe it's a combination of everything I just mentioned. Um, I, I still have to live my <coughs> life, right? Excuse me. So you can only be so reserved and still be happy. So I still do the things that I want to do. When you can put humor <laughs> into it and kind of ease the tension about everything, I think... Um, that can be a really good way to deal with things. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you know what? Speaking of humor, tell me about how your career in comedy and producing cartoons kicked off. So after I graduated college, I'm living in San Diego and I was working as a financial advisor and hated my job. I was like, I need something else. I need something that's more for me. Yeah. And it's funny because I'm listening to Crenshaw at the time by Nipsey Hussle. Yeah. And so like that whole album I've been bumping for like weeks and I'm like, man, like this dude's literally like laying out the blueprint for how to like do it on your own. It's like, fuck all this working for other people's stuff. Sorry to cuss. I didn't, I don't know. If no, it's all, it's all good. Podcast is clean or not. Um, so yeah, I'm like to heck with all this, you know, working for other people's stuff. I need to do my own thing and do what makes me happy. And I love to be creative. And I was always drawn to entertainment and especially, you know, comedy, me and my brothers, you know, cracking jokes, making fun of each other. We said a thousand times growing up, we should make a TV show or make a cartoon or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, I'm, I'm living in San Diego and 
I literally just one day decided this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to do comedy and, and I wanted to make cartoons. So me and my brothers got some computers. We maxed out a Best Buy credit card, buying new computers to animate on and taught ourselves how to animate. It took like a year and a half um, to get good enough to where we could produce content. And then, so a year and a half of nothing but learning, learning how to animate, learning how to write scripts and do jokes properly and coming up with a show to make we started making a show on youtube and so but yeah literally a year and a half of no progress except for like you're you're seeing nothing tangible out of your efforts but then once you we start producing content and really start making moves from the time we put our first episode on youtube like six months later seven months later we had a deal for a web series with comedy central come on now that's so dope it was it was a ton of work. When I say like work, like again, a year and a half of just learning how to animate and just coming up with concepts and yada yada for the show and brainstorming that. And then when we start putting stuff on YouTube, we were doing two episodes a week every week for those six months before we got any kind of attention from Comedy Central, right? So it was literally like a complete nonstop grind, barely sleep for six months. So it's not like, you know, we we started making cartoons and got lucky. It was like we started making cartoons and got our asses to work. And we actually reached out to Comedy Central. They didn't like find us on a whim. Like we started messaging people that worked there. Yeah. But but not like, hey, we want to pitch this show. It wasn't anything like that. We were hitting them up being like, do you have any advice? This is um, this is the show we're doing right now. What direction would you go to make this happen as far as like getting, uh, you know, pitch with someone or whatever so we, we hit people up asking for advice we never asked for anything more than that and when you ask people for advice they are typically willing to share but if you ask for something you know like just cold emailing yeah they're, they're just gonna ignore you right you can't just like go around asking for you know things like that like a pitch meeting or do you know anyone who can help with this like people don't want don't got time for that stuff pick that up kind of also yeah yeah and you also got to know <laughs> what level you're on so whenever you know we're starting out this is very important advice for anyone listening who's trying to make things happen. If you're at level zero, don't waste your time reaching out to people at level 10 because you'll never get a hold of them. They'll never hit you up. But if you're on level zero, you can reach out to people on level one and two, and they'll show you how to get to level one and two. And then you reach out to people on level three and four, and they'll show you how to get to level three and four. But you like Great pe- advice. Yeah. So you got you to know what level you're on again. So like we can't walk around with this attitude like – because I've seen people do it. They, they have this attitude like they deserve to be – looked at and given attention to whenever all these people out here are also fighting for that same attention for their mm-hmm. uh, cartoon or their music or whatever it is they're trying to push. Right. Um, so you gotta, you gotta be able to be real with yourself and yeah. And understand that, you know, you ain't there yet. And then once you get close there, then again, you reach out to people that are doing more than you and people are always happy to help. But yeah, just yeah, those, yeah. those higher ups ain't hitting you up if you're down at the, at the bottom. I respect your hustle and grind so much. Like you just said, you and your brothers, literally, you didn't know how to animate. You didn't know how to write. You know, you didn't know what you were doing. You know, it's really important because a lot of people think, oh, I could never do that. I don't know how to do that. Like, I didn't know how to voice act. I didn't know how to animate. When we started making cartoons, I was the worst voice actor out of me and all my brothers. And now I'm the best. It took a ton Mm -hmm. of practice. It took a ton of going back, watching my own content, thinking, oh, that line was delivered poorly. It should have been delivered like this. 
but that you know helped me with my learning curve and me getting um to the point where now I'm, I'm really good at it and also with the coffee company i didn't know anything about coffee when i started this company now i know a ton about coffee because my customers have hit me up being like hey is this good in a french press or a mocha pot or does this work like this and let me go google real quick and then see what, <laughs> what's what and then get back to him with an answer but you know you, you learn everything as you go and you don't need to take a ton of time to be like oh i gotta make sure i know everything first you're just slowing yourself down doing that because everything most things you can figure out as you go yeah absolutely i mean despite where you currently stand or the cards you're dealt if you put in effort, if you put in work and consistency. Consistency. So. It's hard to get up every day and do something when no one's telling you to do it. And mm. it's it's hard to get up and do something every day when, like I mentioned earlier, you're not seeing real progress. You're not getting new fans. You're not getting views. You don't go from nothing is happening outside of your own little bubble of <laughs> learning. and. Yeah. It's hard to keep doing that whenever nothing is happening. I want to ask you, how important is it to to do what you love and, and do what's aligned with, with your purpose and who you are? Me personally, I can't be happy doing something else. There's a book called Start With Why. I think it's by Simon Sinek. And oh, yeah, Simon Sinek. Yeah. yeah. I was going to say it might be a Ryan Holiday, but I think it's Simon Sinek. Anyway, um, <laughs> you got you to gotta kind of remember why you're doing this because you know, there's what's what's the saying like motive, motivation is fleeting. Like it's like it's not even mm. real. Like you can feel motivated in a moment, but then when you don't feel motivated anymore, you still have to do the things that you're trying to do. But if you're not going to do them, then like you gotta, you know, you stay dedicated. So you got to start with and you remember why you're doing all the things you're doing. Is it you want like like there's two American dreams, right? So the the typical like American dream is like you work hard, you buy a house, you have a family. You do this and that. You work for 40 years and then you retire and everything's like hunky-dory, right? But then the other American dream is entrepreneurship and a lavish life and living and making dreams come true and doing whatever you want. And that's the American dream that I subscribe to. So I'm trying to make that happen. And I'm not there yet, but I feel like I'm setting up dominoes <laughs> and they're mm -hmm. like I'm getting there. You're on your way. Listen. So Riot Comedy, <laughs> first of all, you have no filter and I love it. <laughs> I love it that you have no filter because obviously like we live in a world of cancel culture, right? Like everybody's yeah. so sensitive, right? When you even think of like this world of cancel culture, do you ever think about people taking your comedy the wrong way and like canceling you? Do you ever think about- No, no, we, we, we don't think about that. And honestly, like, if our comedy offends you, we don't want you as a fan. It's plain mm. and simple. Like, we don't want you. Um, our comedy is for grown-ups. It's for people who have a sense of humor. And if you don't like raunchy, raw comedy, that's totally okay. There's plenty of other content for you to consume. You don't need to consume ours. And you don't need to leave your comments either. But we'll take them, honestly. We don't care. If you want to leave negative comments, like... That's good for the Instagram algorithm, the social media algorithm. So we'll take them. <laughs> right, <laughs> you wanna, right. You want to leave comments hating on our content? Like we'll take it because it helps push our views. Um, but no, nah, we, we don't worry about it because we we stay true to ourselves, and we're we're not gonna we're not gonna bend on that for nobody. So, and, and our stuff has really started to get like really popular lately since we've started doing um, shorter content. We've been blowing up. We post this John Morant meme 
a few days ago it's like a 12 million views on facebook now it's oh like wow because you have um a segment called real ballers as well right yeah yeah real ballers is funny that's a show where we make fun of the nba and all the nonsense in the nba news cycle yeah. we've been doing another show called with all due respect with all due respect is the one where we we're making fun of kanye so whatever is just mm-hmm. news pop culture politics whatever is happening whatever is news where they will make fun of whoever and honestly, I'm I'm a huge Kanye fan, but you know sometimes if uh, you say wild things <laughs> that he was saying <laughs> at the beginning of this year, sometimes yeah. you put yourself out yeah. there to get made fun of. So I do got to ask you because um, I'm curious to know Kevin Hart or Mike Epps, who you got? I gotta go, Mike Epps. Ooh, I say the same thing. Why you say that? I okay. Let me say this. I love Kevin Hart. I think he's a very talented man. But there's two versions of Kevin Hart. One version is the real Kevin Hart. Naturally funny, very funny human being. The other version of Kevin Hart is the Kevin Hart that appeals to white people. That's the Kevin Hart that's like obnoxious, plays like the little guy type of yeah. role. And it's like, it doesn't do it for me. And, and now, granted, I get it. Because those roles get you 10 million dollars a movie so go take those Absolutely. roles do your thing like it's just not my it's 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 too family friendly for me that's what it is it, mm-hmm. it's it's family friendly and there's nothing wrong with that kind of comedy but mike epps is more raw and that's just more my avenue you know and that that is absolutely true. Um, to me, I like the natural Kevin Hart, right? Like the natural Kevin, the Kevin Hart, Hart. The real saw... Kevin Hart is hilarious. He's hilarious. With Mike Epps, I can just like resonate with him so much more. Like he reminds me of a cousin or an uncle or something, you know? No, for real. Yeah. Yes. Definitely. You know what? I I, I do want to ask you. At the end of the day, what legacy do you want to leave? Like. What do you want to be remembered by? I want to be remembered for being a good man. I want to be remembered for being a great man. I don't, like for me, it's not about, you know, cartoons or entertainment or money or anything like that. Like I have um, other aspirations beyond that. So I, I, I I want to be able to give back. I want to be able to leave a legacy of love a legacy of giving um legacy of doing the right thing and being dependable because i mean i don't i don't care about any of that stuff real like i don't care Mm -hmm. if other people think i'm funny or if other people think i'm like this success or anything i just want to do enough while i'm alive to feel really good about myself when i die and have no regrets one thing that i want to be part of my legacy is how to leave a blueprint for other people to literally come from nothing to something because i literally grew up Uh, in like like serious poverty for real like i went to bed hungry lots of nights i know what that's like Mm. um and i know what it's like to i grew up in a town of 1200 people where there's no opportunity where there is no one is rich except for like a couple of farmers that live out on like the country ends of town, but you don't know they're rich because they don't live rich. They don't flaunt their wealth. Mm-hmm. They don't talk about their money. You know, I just try to put myself in good positions to make things happen. And I try to make good decisions and I want to be able to, you know, guide other people on how to, you know, get, get from the bottom to wherever you want to go. Cause you can, you can do it, but it's not easy and it takes planning and dedication, but it can be done. Yeah. Definitely can be done. And I mean, you're, 
you are a, a walking testament, you know? So I respect that. And your story is definitely truly inspiring, seriously. Now, is there anything that I didn't ask you um, or anything that you want to mention? Any final words? Mm. No, I think, I think you asked me all the important stuff. I just think uh, to, I want to end on, you know, you, you don't have to know how to do something. You just have to know that you can. Mm. And that's how I did everything. I didn't know how to, again, I didn't know how to animate, didn't know how to write, didn't know how to tell a joke properly. I didn't know how to, I didn't know anything about coffee. I didn't know how to start a business. I just knew that I could. So again, mm. you don't need to know how to do something. You just need to know that you can. And that's literally uh, all it takes. Come on now. Come on now. I love it. Yes. Well, thank you so much for being here with me on my podcast today, Trenton. Seriously, it's, it's been the a pleasure. pleasure. Mine, <laughs> it's been a pleasure. So I look forward to seeing what great things you do next. Cause I'm, I'm sure. Likewise. Guys, absolutely. Absolutely. Brother, thank I'm, you. I'm going to keep following your podcast and keep up with you. Hey, I appreciate that. <laughs> Thank y'all so much for listening to today's episode. It's amazing what we can do when we don't allow adversity to get in our way and block our success, right? Trenton's story to me is truly an inspiration that proves that no matter what challenges life throws your way, if you believe in you and have the willingness and determination to go after what you want and you're consistent, life will make a way. God will make a way. So I hope you got value from today's episode. Next week, I'll be talking about learning how not to be jealous, whether that's jealousy in, in friendships, jealousy in a relationship. But I believe that it's a conversation that many of us can resonate with because listen, I know I've had numerous moments where I've been jealous of other people or jealous in a relationship. So stay tuned in for that. And if you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review. Until next time, peace and love. <laughs>